Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 406. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here today, and I'm thrilled to introduce our guest, Roberta Shaler. Roberta is a relationship consultant, mediator. Did I say that right, Roberta? It's mediator, not meditator. I just want to make... mediator. (laughs) See, positive productivity, not about perfection. Mediator. I think my eyes were just trying to put an extra T in there. Author and speaker from For Relationship Help. And you help people with their hijackles, which I absolutely love. I would love if you would jump in and give a better introduction, considering how I just botched that one up, (laughs) and just indulge people with more info about what you do. Sure, I'm happy to do that. I am a person who has a doctorate in psychology, and what happened to me, Kim, was I looked at the literature and I saw what was happening with people who are experiencing toxic, difficult, and often disturbing people. And they were going to the Google goddess, putting in whatever was happening to them. And the Google goddess is an index. It's not a credential professional. So the Google goddess was spitting back clinical terms and diagnoses and labels. And I said, no, no, let's not be doing that. We don't have the right to do that. We don't have the ability to do that if you're not a credentialed professional. And it doesn't help you because it distances you from the other person and you don't do the work you need to do to not be in that relationship. So I thought we needed a new term that talked about the patterns, traits, and cycles of these toxic, difficult people. And they all drink from the same pool of traits, so it doesn't matter about their psychological diagnoses. So I trademarked the term hijackals. And hijackals are people who hijack relationships for their own purposes and then relentlessly scavenge them for power, status, and control. Ugh. That's all I have to say about that and about hijackals. So did you have a hijackal in your life that led you to be so interested in this? Or, yeah, I guess I'm just really wondering, where did this interest come from? Well, I've always been interested in peace. I've always been a peace catalyst, and and I did a lot of work in corporations and as a keynote speaker around the country on reducing conflict and working with difficult people. But the more I specialized, the more I realized that I just wanted to do this because I was raised in a den of hijackals as an only child. I then, of course, did what many people do. You only have two options at each end of the spectrum. Of course, you could be somewhere in the middle, but you're either going to be a hijackal or you're going to be what I call hijackal bait. That means you're going to attract a hijackal when you get out of it. So I did that, had the children, had to divorce, had to do all that. Meanwhile, I got my Ph.D., I am still in a bit of a fog because at that time in your life, you're raising children, making money, doing all the things you need to do. You don't really become self-reflective enough, even though that was my business. And then finally, I sat down and had a really good look at what was going on in my life because 
when I spoke to someone about what had happened, they couldn't help me because they didn't see it. They hadn't experienced it. And all they had was book learning. And it did not help. Because many times when you've been with a hijackal and you go to a professional, the hijackal, if you go with them, will manipulate, exploit, and seduce the professional into believing their side of things. Yes, and if you, I experienced that, yes. Yes, because a hijackal has to win. So, of course, they're going to win over anybody. And if you go by yourself and you explain this to somebody who hasn't experienced, they will say, oh, there must be something wrong with you. Otherwise, people wouldn't treat you that way. And because I was in a small town, when I first went for help, the small town in which I was raised, hijackals paint a public picture of perfection, not like the productivity show. Yeah, they do. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And then they create a private place of pain at home. Mm -hmm. And so when you go and you say, this is what's happening in my house in a small town, the professional says, oh, how can you say that? Your mother's lovely. Right. And nobody believes you. So I have had all those experiences. I have the horrible video and the nasty (laughs) t-shirt. I have it all. And so I took my expertise and my experience and combined it to work with people who are experiencing this or were raised by people and don't realize the impact of what's happened to them. Wow. Okay, so I have a whole bunch of questions. And listeners, you know, I tend to stack them because I get so excited about what we're talking about that I sometimes forget to give a break. So just warning in advance, I apologize, because I might do that to you. So you said that when you leave a relationship like that, you either become the hijackal or your bait for another one. No, what I said was if you're okay, raised thank you for by a hijackal. Oh, when you're raised by one, huh? Yes, yeah. That's... Oh my gosh. Okay. I don't want to put myself into a hole here. So <laughs> you just made things a lot Free. more clear is, is all I'll say because I can see how that was entirely the case. Wow. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. So because I was a little bit concerned there, I was like, so what am I now? You know, I left the relationship and I would like to think that I'm not the hijackle, but I know that for sure my husband's not. So, huh. That's why it was just confusing. I can so see, though, that picture-perfect outside persona that the hijackals in my life have had. Even when I was going through my divorce, and listeners, if you heard me say that my ex has changed somewhat, so I don't mean to be throwing him under the bus for the person who he is now, and obviously I'm not going to give his name, but that was exactly how it was. No, there couldn't be anything going on. There was one time that I woke up to a cup of milk being thrown on me and I looked over and I was like, what, what, what's going on? He says, I'm choking. I said, clearly you're not choking. You're talking to me. He's like, no, I'm choking on my cookie. (laughs) But it was more than that. And I know that might sound like a petty story, but there were more stories like that and they just escalated and escalated. Sure, you're, what you're talking about and what most people talk about and think it's inconsequential is often the tip of a very large iceberg. Mm-hmm. Now, in our pre-chat, you were talking about in your Facebook group, you have people who have been in these relationships for years, like decades. Mm-hmm. And it's not until they get into your group that they start to see all the signs and they become aware. I mean, it took me a good decade 
to see the mm-hmm. signs. Are we just naive or resistant to thinking that that's really the situation or a combination of both? In most cases, Kim, we've been raised with hijackals or some hijackal natures in our homes. So these situations are familiar and they're comfortably uncomfortable. And so the familiarity doesn't set in at the beginning. We know that hijackals are great love bombers. So they're chameleons at the beginning of a relationship. They make you believe that they have just know you to the core of your being and have your best interests at heart. And they want to reel you in as quickly as possible so they can get down to the business of taking you over. And so we believe that it's different. And yet there's something familiar lurking under there. And then when the familiar starts to show up, we start to make excuses for it. And rationalize it and say, oh, he's having a bad day or she's just going through a difficult patch or whatever. Because we're good people and we've learned to make excuses and rationalize and justify bad behavior. And so we just get into a bit of a cloud about that. So, yes, I've got people in my group that have been in relationships for 25, 37 years. And there's another reason for that, because 30 years ago... You know, we weren't even talking very much about sexual abuse, let alone verbal and emotional abuse. So we felt there was something wrong with us if we were being abused. So we didn't talk about it. We kept saying, oh, no, I can fix it. If only I'm more compassionate, more loving. I change myself. I make myself into a pretzel. Maybe I even have to become a doormat, but it'll be okay. It won't if you're with a hijackal. They'll just demand more and more and more. And pretty soon there's nothing left of you. So are we basically enablers? Well, until we actually realize and see what's going on, Mm -hmm. we tend to condone and enable their behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. And once we see it, it's quite a journey to stop condoning and enabling those behaviors. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. In your opinion, can a hijackal be a recovered hijackal? There is one kind of hijackal who can have the willingness and the desire to recover. Now, we're looking at a whole psychological spectrum, so I'm not going to get into it, but I'm going to say that there is one, and there is one kind of hijackal who actually has empathy. And they actually come and they say, not in a way that's to get what they want. They actually are distraught. I don't mean to treat you so badly. I don't know what comes over me and I don't seem to be able to stop myself, but I want to. But the rest of them, oh no, they don't have any concept of empathy. They want what they want when they want it and they want it first and always. Hmm. I can so see that. You've opened my eyes in so many ways and we're only 10 minutes in. Wow. (laughs) When we were going through rough times in our marriage, and I'm talking about my marriage to my ex here, we did go to the therapist and I always felt thrown underneath the bus. Right. Because no matter what I said and no matter what the poor treatment was, there was always something that I was doing, which was far worse. And Eventually, I just stormed out. I have to admit it. I quit marriage counseling because Mm -hmm. it wasn't going anywhere as far as I saw. Mm -hmm. 
in my opinion, if a couple is going to go to marriage therapy and marriage counseling, both parties should be looking at what they could be doing better and maybe what they need to stop. And I'm not going to say that there wasn't anything that I could have changed. There certainly was. But I was tired of being the only one at fault. I know you said that there's one profile that can recover. But for people who aren't with that profile, what do they need to do? Well, first I know of there's all, people listening. Sorry, I interrupted you so rudely because I know there's people listening who are like, oh my gosh, I'm with one. Yes, yes. And first of all, if there isn't any sexual and physical abuse, the first thing is to do your own work first. Because right now, as you wake up to this, you won't feel powerful and you won't be able to empower yourself. So you need to do your own work first. You have to find out why was this ever acceptable. You have to be able to recognize the traits and the patterns and the cycles of the hijackal. Realize that you've been told every day of your life that everything is your fault and you've been accepting it. Now you have to find out why was I willing to accept it and how do I set boundaries so I'll never accept it before. So number one is if there's no sexual or physical abuse going on, do your work first. Then once you've done that work, then if you make the decision to leave, which if you're with a hijackal that is not having empathy, you are probably going to want to do because you want to do it for yourself. But more so, please think about the modeling that your children are seeing about how to be a man, how to be a woman, how to be a man and woman in relationship, how to treat other people, how to speak to other people, how to look at other people. They're teaching every second with these malleable brains of children. So you want to get your children away from that influence. And you need to prepare for that, Kim. Too many people go running out disempowered. I just have to get away. And there they are sitting in a pile, crying, not knowing what to do and finding out they have no money. You have to plan for it. You have to do wise things. You have to financially look at everything that's happening. Where have you given away the power over your finances? How can you get some of it back? I've had clients, Kim who when we went through that process actually found out that their hijackal, in this case it was a hijackal husband, he had gone to the bank and prevailed upon someone in a small town. Oh, my wife can't come in today, you know, and she's really, really ill and she really wants her name off the house because if anything happens to her, she wants to make it all simple. And for some reason, that bank person took her name off the house. Oh she had my no, gosh. no idea. So... I've had all kinds of things. I had another client whose husband got his girlfriend to behave as his wife and use her identity and go into a cell phone store and have her cell phone service terminated, <laughs> impostering her. And then all of a sudden she had no outside access. Now, fortunately, that client was quite a sleuth. We got the surveillance video from the mobile cell mm -hmm. phone place and got that all straightened away. But these are the things that happen. And if you're listening and you think that this is extreme, it is. It is extreme. Roberta, let me tell you something. In 2008, I was admitted to the mental hospital with sleep deprivation. Sure. Well, that's not what they said. They said it was depression, but it was actually sleep deprivation, major thyroid issues, which caused all types of problems, including suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. While I was in there, 
my ex went to the bank and took all the money out and started a new account. Right. Yes. And he contacted a divorce attorney. That was not when we got divorced. But that's what happened. Instead of getting the support I needed to recover, that's what was happening while I was in the hospital. I saw it as a grand opportunity to do things without your knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how hijackles roll. Yep. What's in it for me? How do I get the advantage all the time? I have a product, Kim. It's called Seeing the Cycles. And it's the 10 top things that you need to see in depth. And it's a, it's a study program for you at home called Seeing the Cycles. If you think you're with one, go and grab that program. Just go to fourrelationshiphelp.com, click on books and programs, and go through that because it offers you all the videos and the articles and the worksheets to see the depth that what has happened to you needs to be surfaced. Now, on that note, I do have a question because when I was married to him... And listeners, I hope you understand that I'm referring back to my past just so you understand that I understand what you may be going through if you're going through this situation. But I was building a business that ended up failing. I I hated it, to be totally honest. But he did not like the business. So he ended up firewalling all the sites that I went to. And Mm -hmm. he would monitor everything. Mm -hmm. Everything I spent money on. He would go on to our cell phone carrier site and see who I was texting. So I want anybody who's going through this to get help. But what is your suggestion for people who really do need the resources, but can't necessarily get them safely? Does that make sense? Yes. First of all, inform yourself. I have a ton of stuff, Kim. I have 150 videos on my YouTube channel for relationship help. Go and learn how to leave a hijackal, what you need to think of. There's something on every topic you could possibly think of, and I'm putting them up all the time. Or go to my website or listen to my podcast, Save Your Sanity, Help for Handling Hijackals. Do those things. They're available to you. And I work with clients all over the world through video conferencing. So you can be at home when your hijackal is away and we can work together. So there are ways to be empowered to move toward taking the best steps for your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being. Oh, I love that you shared all those, especially podcasts, because then subscribe to the podcast. And I don't know of a way that anybody can see what I've been listening to. Not that I've had to be concerned about it in a decade, but that way there's no concern. And you can be listening exactly. while you're driving in your car, mm-hmm. in the shower. I don't care. Find <laughs> the time that you need. After I lost my job in 2008, I ended up joining a local networking group where I met a chiropractor and I had a consultation with him. He's now one of my husband and my best local friends. And he ended up introducing me to the law of attraction, which I know might not be somebody's cup of tea, but for me, that was what really started my own personal development journey Mm -hmm. because I realized that I had the right to make myself happy. It was no longer in his control. Yes. And I've shared this before on the podcast, but the day that I was introduced and I got home from that appointment and he was at work and it wasn't Google at that time. I think it was actually Yahoo. I don't, I don't even know that Google was really that far around. Anyway, that's not the point. He came home and just started in on me and I looked at him and I smiled. He's like, why are you smiling? 
I said, because you no longer have the right to determine my happiness. Beautiful. That didn't make him any happier, actually. No. Pissed me off. no. <laughs> but that was just the beginning. I realized, okay, I can see a tunnel between my ears now, right? And anything that he says can just go in one ear and out the other. And as long as I was just visualizing that tunnel and like the little sound waves and I wasn't listening to his words anymore, it was just going in one and out the other. And I was, I started just having my little happy thoughts, which makes me sound like I was on drugs or something, which I wasn't, but it helped so much. And that was what started the one to two year journey of me getting out of that relationship. Perfect. And I like the phrase, observe, don't absorb as the first step. Ooh, that is so good. Observe their behavior and be Teflon woman. Like, let it fall off. Like, oh, that's who you are. Oh, that's what you think. Oh, that's what you want. But don't absorb it. Mm -hmm. Don't react to it. Just, oh, that's interesting. And not terribly interesting. It's just interesting. (laughs) And when you can get to that place where you're just what they call, there's a technique called being a gray rock. So when you're with the hijackal and you recognize it, you tend to respond to them in ways that make it all about as interesting as a gray rock on the side of the road. So, ah, mm, oh, that's what you think. Oh, interesting. Oh, you could be right. I mean, all of those things are non-volatile. They're not going to do anything. So at a minimum, yeah, I mean, you did exactly the right thing just internally saying, I create my reality. You're not getting in anymore. Uh (laughs) I've written 16 books. And one of the things that I wrote in 2002 is a book called What You Pay Attention To Expands. And when you start to pay attention to who you are and what you want and align that with your values, your vision for your life and your beliefs about everything, and then you know the results you want, when that alignment is there and you focus on it, Big things happen. And that can simply be, I deserve to draw breath and take up space and be treated with respect. And there's the starting point. You just say that over and over to yourself to know that anything that suggests that you don't have the right to exist, you don't have the right to speak, and you don't have the right to be respected is then rejected. That is so deep, but so necessary. And I can see how that's been reflected into you so many other parts of my life now in jobs that I worked after leaving the marriage in clients that I've had and team members. I shut it down. It's sort of addictive. After you realize that you have that power, it's not sort of addictive. It is addictive. Mm-hmm. When you realize that you have that ability and you can determine who enters that space and who doesn't. Oh, my gosh, it feels so good. Yes, and if you've been raised in a hijackal home, then the last thing that you're good at is setting boundaries Mm. because you've never been able to. You've never been able to entertain the idea of having to do that successfully or being able to do that successfully. So this is the beginning of being able to set, maintain, express, and reinforce boundaries. It's a constantly evolving skill. Though, yes, or growing skill. Because well, that's what life is—a constantly evolving. <laughs> so thing. right. Oh my gosh. So right. I mean, that was just the first step with my ex, but I would have to say, and I left him when I was thirty, thirty-one. But it wasn't until 
I was 36, 37, I'm 39 now, that I really started stepping into the rest of it. Mm-hmm. There are still days, there's always days sure. that I struggle. Lately, and I love him to bits. Everybody needs to know I love him to bits. He's definitely not a hijackal. I just need to let you know that. But my husband, Dave, can wake up on the wrong side of the bed. And we are so close that him waking up on the wrong side of the bed does impact the way I'm feeling. So I've actually started taking control of that too. And I'm trying to help him with personal development indirectly. Everybody has to have their own personal development journey, in my opinion. But I've just suggested kindly why don't you try going back to bed and waking up on the other side because your day will be better and so will everybody else's day that you encounter because this isn't going to get you very far. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a good start. You know, I wrote a book called Kaizen for Couples, K-A-I-Z-E-N for Couples. And what I did, Kim, was I put everything that I do with the couples that I've worked with for the last 30 years in very simple form in that book. And one of the big things that I teach every person that I work with, and particularly couples who are in crisis, is this technique that I call the personal weather report. And when you start to use the personal weather report, you become powerful and a powerful communicator, but you understand that you cannot know what is right, good, or best for another human. And when you try to give another person instruction that is close to you, they may in fact rebel or feel uncomfortable if they're not terribly evolved and able to see that what you're expressing is mutuality. I want the best for you. So the personal weather report in the situation you just described would sound like, you know what works for me when I get out of the bed and I'm feeling out of sorts? I go back to bed, I envision how I'd like my day to be, and I get out of it again. So that when we share what's working for us, it is an invitation for someone to take it and run with it. And that's a really good way to start behaving. If you're listening to this and you know that you have a hijackle, the personal weather report is simply you getting very clear on what's going on inside of yourself that you know that you have the right to say how you feel, what you want, what you need, and what you're thinking. As long as, big caveat, as long as you do not say the word you in the sentence, you are only speaking about what's going on within you. And when you start to build that power within yourself that you know, and I give my people exercises, how to do this, how to get in touch with it, how to practice it, and how to make it something that they use all the time. And when you can do that, your confidence really soars. And you feel that you can be assertive without being aggressive. And that you can, in fact, share with your partner or partner in any area, even your mother, if your mother happens to be a hijackal or your father or your boss or whatever, nobody can do anything except the fact that you can say what you think, feel, need and want. You have the right to do that. Just like you have the right to take up space and draw breath, you have the right to say what you think, feel, need and want as long as you don't talk about anybody else at all. That is so interesting. I actually told my husband, so now I really understand why why it was the wrong thing to say. Maybe not the wrong thing. I did have to backtrack. Let me just quickly explain. He was having a really bad day 
last week. Just a lot of things happened in his personal life in one day. And he was running through his head all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. And mm-hmm. I think we often fall into that. You know, I should have, I could have, if I would have only known. But I told him to stop shutting on himself. Right. S-H-O-U-L-D-I-N-G. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right <laughs> way to spell it. Okay. So I, I was like, sweetie, stop shutting on yourself. And he's like, that is not what I needed to hear. And I was like, I did not say, and I, I want to keep this without the E on it. I did not say that other word. Mm-hmm. I said, but stop shutting on yourself. Oh my gosh, that sounds mm-hmm. so similar, doesn't it? And- <laughs> it does. And I want to tell you, I've used that phrase for 25 years and I, I lost a speech contest because I used that word because people miss heard it because they heard it the way they are used to hearing it. So I understand exactly what you're going through at this moment. (laughs) But by doing that, I was not giving him an example of how I get through it. I did actually backtrack. I told him that's not what I was saying. And here's how I mean it. And I gave him a personal example. When I'm going through a rough time, I realized that I need to stop doing the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. So I'm going to stop beating myself up. Yep, I'm going to stop beating myself up. And I look at my life right now with gratitude and I realize I just have to keep on moving forward. And so, what's my one best next step? Yep. Mm-hmm. Then he realized, thank, er, and he said, thank you. That's what I needed mm-hmm. to hear. But I heard right. him wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I got you the first time. <laughs> yep. yep, because that's not something I would have normally said to him. Right. It's the other spelling and now it sounded... Well, I do have one more question before I ask where listeners can find you. For those of us who were raised in a relationship with a hijackal, and we feel like we might be stepping into the hijackal role ourselves and want to get out, do you have any tips for snapping ourselves back? Well, first of all, what you're talking about is self-awareness. So yay, somebody realizes that they've picked up a few bad habits along the way. Many times when you've been with a hijackal in a relationship and long after you've left, particularly if it was your parent or your first spouse, and I've had people in my practice, Kim, who have have been married to three hijackals before they woke up and smelled the herbal tea, right? So at those moments, what you want to to be able to do is to become even more self-aware and say, who do I want to be? How do I want to express? What am I thinking, feeling, needing, wanting right now? Have a little word with yourself. And when you step back and you decide that, I actually have a technique for it that allows you to just take a couple of wonderful deep breaths in a particular way that I advocate and say, okay, what do I want as a result of this exchange? How do I get there? And you become self-aware enough, then the next steps are to observe, don't absorb, respond with a personal weather report, begin to see them as separate from you, start to unhook, and then say, what do I prefer? Express that as a boundary. See if any boundaries actually are respected. If they're not, repeat them. If they're not after that, then have consequences for them. And this is the way you begin to empower yourself to live fully without taking on hijackal tendencies. But if you're noticing them in yourself, check yourself before you speak or act. Just run it through your head. 
Is what I'm about to deliver what I would be willing to hear or see? And if the answer is no, you get to choose again. Wow. Thank you for that. I would like to think that I don't step into that role at all, but I am very aware of how I communicate. And when things are heated, I tend to write the email, but not put the send to in. And I'll sit on it, usually for a day. Good. And in the meantime, my email may be exploding more, or my text messages. But yes. I turn turn off notifications and let myself simmer down. Even with my husband now, he knows that when I get upset, he might think it's a silent treatment, but it really is just letting myself simmer down. I'm like, And hey. it's a very good thing to say, Kim. I am right now letting myself simmer down, so I will respond from my best self. Mm-hmm. Even if you have to get that out through gritted teeth, say that to your partner because they don't want to feel they're abandoned. They don't want to feel they've been left in limbo. Just simply say, I'm doing my best to respond from my best self right now. It's going to take me a minute. Yep. Thank you. Where can listeners find you online? I know you already said YouTube, you have your podcast, but could you share the easy route to finding you and getting all your great resources? The easiest route is to go to 4FORRelationshiphelp.com. You explore around in there. You'll find the podcasts. You'll find the subscription to my newsletter, Tips for Relationships. You'll find the links to YouTube. You'll find out how to work with me. Lots of resources for you there. Or you can find me on Facebook at Relationship Help Doctor. So facebook.com slash relationship help doctor. And I have groups on Facebook. You can go to Optimize Life. So you'll find that at facebook.com slash group slash hijackles. And the reason it's called Optimize Life is because hijackles like to look at your browser history. They're not going to care if you go to somewhere called Optimize Life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I could give you big hugs and kisses for that. Thank it's you. important. It, it is. is important. Yeah. Yeah. I had to be very mindful where I was going. Right. So thank you. Listeners, all the links will be in the show notes at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP406. So if you're not driving or won't go off balance on the elliptical or something, just head on over there. Once again, it's thekimsutton.com forward slash PP406. Roberta, this has been an absolute pleasure, and I want to thank you so much for coming on. This is such an important discussion that needs to be heard over and over again, because I know so many of us have been in one of these relationships or are currently dealing with one or may get into one in the future that we need to know how to nip in the bud before it becomes anything serious. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome, and thank you for having me as your guest so that we can help people who are in these situations, understand themselves and see that there is a way to get away from this and have a great life. Definitely. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can share with the listeners? I think the most important thing is this, and it used to be in 12-inch gold letters on the wall of my office. This is the most important thing I can teach anyone. The truth is what you do. And always believe other people's behavior over their words. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. 
When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.